Well, it looks like Arnold feels pretty damn foolish right now. Sneaking into his neighbor's house, setting it on fire, punching a reindeer. But don't count him out just yet. He's about to discover the true meaning of Christmas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Edging Podcast. This, of course, is our holiday jingle of the Wingle season, where we analyze a cinematic masterpiece in 15-minute increments. This episode four, we're, we're discussing minutes 45 to one hour. I'm Drew. I'm Sam. I'm Adam. And uh, we're, we start back in the Depression arc, right? Right. Yes, yes. As as Howard realizes that if he's not careful, his son will become a Myron. <laughs> it's a danger. I think that was honestly my favorite part in the entire movie. My favorite joke, just seeing uh, what's his name, Jake Lloyd, dressed as the the mailman, drinking a bottle of of whiskey. <laughs> Getting that, ready that to was some great mom. acting by by Jake Lloyd. There. <laughs> Here's to you, Dad. <laughs> Naturally, that upsets Howard. <laughs> he so says, in a desperate attempt to keep his son from becoming a postman, he... <laughs> oh, man. I remember the old days when being a postman was like a good, cushy government job, but, oh, my goodness, how the times have changed. Now the postmen, you know, they have to carry their bag of mail with them everywhere, even on their days off, even on holidays. They're having to sort the bombs themselves. I think we need to defund the post. Speaking of defunding the postal system, uh, they hear on the radio, uh, in answer to their prayers, somebody has the hottest toy since Johnny 7 OMA, which is rubbing the salt <laughs> back in Sinbad for the present he didn't get. They, the guy on the radio, he's got a Turbo Man. And all, all you need to do to win the Turbo Man is call in and name all of Santa's reindeer. All right, let's go around and name them, see if we could win the Turbo Man in this case. Oh, no. Adam? Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen, man. You know, I, I, I was trying to set up for a joke, but very good, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wanted that Turbo Man, though. <laughs> okay, Adam gets the Turbo Man. Damn it. And the rest of us get the podcast award. Aw, oh, man, that's worthless. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> So, obviously, uh, both Arnold and Sinbad know this very obvious question. They run to the phone booth, which is in the corner of Mickey's dining car, and wouldn't you know it, as soon as Arnold gets through Sinbad, in order to sabotage him, Dunn pulls that whole telephone out of the wall. What a mess we have here. Conveniently, however, the radio station where, the, where, the, <laughs> where, where they're trying to call is just down the street. So they burst out the door and race over to give the answer in person. As though they're just going to say, yes, of course, come right in. Sam, yeah. you have your own talk radio show. Would a radio host accept a walk-in answer? Okay, actually, I, I, said, I, I said all that, but I probably would because it would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, And that'd be something you could say on the radio show. You'd be like Howard Stern and be like, this is a funny story, everybody. A guy walked in with the reindeer answer. 
Funny story, everybody. Steve, the janitor, he won it for the fifth time in a row. <laughs> We're on another vacation. He's just so quick. He keeps no sweeping that him. spot outside the studio door waiting. <laughs> That's the shiniest tile. He's been mopping this single tile his entire career. We don't even know why he still works there. Man's a millionaire. Janitor's closet, full of turbo men. <laughs> <laughs> He's been scalping them on the black market. Selling them to Santa gangs, right? He's Lord knows what else he's doing with them. There's hundreds of them in there. He's supplying the Santa gang. Steve the Janitor is. He won like 83 of those big pink bears. Vicky tells Arnold and Sinbad to go to the radio station instead of, I don't know, pointing them toward the other another phone booth. Yeah, well, he wants them out of there. Yeah. They're, they're crazy. Yeah, tell them to go to another phone booth. He's... If we told him to go to another phone booth, we would have had a rinse and repeat, and we never would have gotten to the meat and potatoes of this they would have bit. Scrambled over, you, know, you know they would have scrambled over the bar and looked for the phone behind the counter. <laughs> Wait, it's your cell phone! Wait, this is 97. Cell phones weren't a thing yet, were they? Not terribly. Only if you were rich and famous. Where's Michael Keaton with his giant car phone? <laughs> Ooh, a nice little oh. crossover. I wish Michael Keaton just showed up for one scene here. I think I think he'd be pretty good as the radio DJ. Oh yeah, definitely. Speaking of the ever suffering radio DJ, me, you guys are telling me you think there's a Turbo Man here? You are crazy! You're crazy! <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a Turbo Man. Suck my dick. <laughs> so they go to the radio station, and uh, it appears as though they were they're madmen, seeing as that's what they are. They break so into the, the studio. What? And the DJ calls the police. Well, Howard's having a great time running over there. We can't gloss on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on Sinbad's struggling to keep up as he yells, I'm having a great time. <laughs> it's like a weird throwaway Tommy Wiseau line. As Adam alluded to, he goes into the studio and he's pounding on the door yelling, I know the answer! I know the answer! And the guy at the booth can't hear him, so he just... He's trying for the locked door. He kicks the door open, shattering the glass. <laughs> All the while, the radio man calls the police because there's a madman breaking into his studio. I mean, rightly so. I also love that Sinbad, on his jog over here, he's weighed down by all of his mail, so he just throws it into the street. <laughs> also, they are jogging in the street. Jogging yeah, in the on. street. Yeah, so Sinbad, slightly later, he, he arrives... And he's been not just been throwing mail out of his bag. He's been sorting through it, looking for something very specific. <laughs> what was he looking Myron, for, Sam? Adam, would you like to do the honors? What what, is, what, what does Myron have in his bag? He has a motherfucking bomb. <laughs> Adam, can you play the 24 sound? So we begin the what? domestic terrorism arc as Myron the mailman pulls out a mail bomb that he's been keeping for a special occasion. Yeah, I love how, how they ask, when, when asked where he got the bomb, he just responds, Don't you watch the news? <laughs> Hundreds of these things go through the mail every day, and I just kept one. So naturally, Arnold and the DJ are pissing their pants scared, and, uh, one conf- uh, when facing the fact that the DJ specifically said in his commercial advertisement for the uh, the contest, he said that he had a gift certificate for the Turbo Man, not a Turbo Man itself. 
He's full so of shit. So here are these. <laughs> he had one. He's full of shit. He was trying to keep it for his own pony. It's a, it's a bait and switch. Yeah. He, he, he just printed out like a fake gift certificate. He's like, I said that you'd get a Turbo Man eventually. You get a gift certificate for the Turbo Man. Why would someone have like a gift certificate specifically for one particular toy? Like, I don't care how popular it is. No one is going to waste money printing a gift certificate for a toy that is so specific in nature. Oh, they absolutely would. It's like the Skizzy's radio contest thing you can imagine. They would print it for, like, the entire toy company, like, $50 off whatever, like, whatever the company, Kenner Toys. I, I interpreted it as, like, they don't actually have it, so they just made the coupon themselves. And they're like, uh-huh, here you go, we'll get you one sooner or later. <laughs> Oopie doopy. Well, well, anyway, then the police show up. No, they don't. Oh, yeah, the pol- as the police are running around, uh, Myron drops the bomb. And it sings. It is a jewelry box. <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah, that makes complete sense. Sam, did you actually think he had a bomb since you're a first-time viewer? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I, I did not expect him to have a bomb. <laughs> okay, so yeah, naturally, Myron the mailman did not have a bomb. He was just desperate, so he, he was threatening with a jewelry box. <laughs> and as Mr. Ponytail... Uh, explains that he doesn't have a Turbo Man. Both Arnold and Myron are about to team up to beat the shit out of this man until they hear that the police are surrounding the building. So the two men uh, make haste. Arnold grabs the gift certificate, which doesn't come into play in the rest of the movie. (laughs) Oh, no. And they try to make an escape. Myron's caught by a couple of policemen coming up the elevator, and (laughs) Howard sees this and tries to make a dash for the stairs, where he's met with Robert Conrad again. Tim Conway cop is there, and he says, A dirty bubble, I've caught you at last. Just hold on there, you get your back against the wall. And I'd like to say that this scene is terribly unrealistic, because the police have surrounded Myron, this unarmed black man, and when he reaches into his bag to grab something, they don't shoot him dead. Yeah, so they're cornered. Myron reaches into his bag and pulls out another quote-unquote bomb in hopes that it'll allow them time to escape. (laughs) If at first you don't succeed with a domestic terrorism threat, try, try again. So they don't buy it, but uh, Howard Lang pipes up for him and uh, gets the gets the police to take him seriously and lay their guns down. Then he makes a break for it. Followed closely by uh, Sinbad, who puts the, the bomb down and makes an escape, leaving the police with this supposed bomb. He says that he, he'll know if any of them moves, because he has the ears of a snake. Yes. And everybody knows that snakes have many ears, and it's very funny to th- to look at a snake and point out the many ears upon it. They got big old, like, human-sized ears just hanging off the top of their heads. <laughs> they look like uh, Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. Is a snake scarier or less scary with human ears? I would say I would be terrified of that. Or if you had Mickey Mouse ears. If it can flip the ears around, it's way scarier. Ugh. Oh, man, that is scary. So that's Sinbad. That's some bad. So then the, uh, the the police close in and they, they they begin to inspect the bomb. I fully at this point am expecting it to be a Turbo Man. <laughs> <laughs> Take I never even thought that would have been hilarious. I, I was waiting for him to open the box and reveal that he just left the Turbo Man there and they ran out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this twist. But no, in a. In, yeah, it is a surprising twist. No, it is a bomb. It's actually a bomb. <laughs> it actually explodes on the fucking police force. 
Yeah, but don't worry, it's just a Looney Tunes bomb, so they're all just, they're all okay. Yeah, it's, they're it's just one singed. Of the, it's one of the funny bombs that just messes up your hair and gives you little black streaks on your face. Yeah, the the, the type that Ted Kaczynski was sending out. Yeah. The thing was, he just got framed. <laughs> this movie makes its intentions very clear, like in its <laughs> in where it lies on police violence. <laughs> It, it says that people should be able to drop off little little bombs whenever the cops try to apprehend them to singe off their eyebrows. As long as it just takes their eyebrows off and ruffles their hair a little bit, it's fair game. That's the motto exactly. of the, the Minnesota Police Department. Is this set in Minnesota? Oh I goodness. think so. I'm 90% sure. Oh, I wish they all talked like Minnesotans. <laughs> oh, got the Turbo Man there. Yeah, I got a bomb. Just a homemade explosive device. You better, you better stand down. I got the ears of a snake. This here is what you call an improvised explosive device. <laughs> you too, Barnaby Jones. I gotta get the Turbo Man doll. I got Johnny a Turbo Man months ago. It's uh, <laughs> nestled safely under a tree. <laughs> Speaking uh. of which, uh, Howard slinks back home. After the oh. police have been fucking detonated. Yes, <laughs> after they've been dealt with. Howard, Howard exits the radio station to see that his car has been completely vandalized by vicious hoodlums on Christmas Eve. Probably the Santa gang. The Santa gang came back, mm. so he has his car towed back home. Do you think those guys are above defacing property? No. They've done time. It's already established. They've done they tased time. Arnold. They, they were brave enough to tase Arnold Schwarzenegger in the gooch. They're not afraid of, of a little jail time. Maybe that's where they all met. They all got, like, put in the tank, and they all had Santa suits on, and they're like, dude, we should form a gang. They were all like, I like Christmas. Oh, I like Christmas, too. We got some. Wait, we like Christmas? We like crime? <laughs> <laughs> Did we just become best friends? We'll be the Frosty the Snowman gang. I, li- I like this uh, cartoonish depiction of all criminals as just people who really like doing crime, and they get locked up like, ah, man. <laughs> Well, I guess I can't do any crime for a while. But once I get let out... Oh, right back to the crime it is. Come next Christmas, it's crime again. Oh boy, do I love crime. When Sideshow Bomb, whatever, he'd get arrested, and he'd say, You can't keep the Democrats out of the White House forever. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) So it's right about this time that Howard gets home, and he sees Ted's dumb fucking face in his house, putting the star on his Christmas tree with Howard's family. He that might as well be well. balls deep in his wife. Yeah. Stuffing a star in a man's Christmas tree is worse than having sex with his mother. Howard, so enraged, he finally snaps, and he decides to just go on over and, and grinch Ted. He's going to grinch him real good. <laughs> How I grinch Ted. <laughs> Grinch sounds way worse than what actually happens. He, he has a flashback and remembers Ted's words. His Turbo Man's nestled safely under the Christmas tree. And slinks, grinches his way on in. Let's let's use the proper terminology here. Sam, what would you do if you caught another man in your home putting the star on your Christmas tree? Yeah, yeah, I'd probably steal his Turbo Man. I think man. Sam would go full Grinch. I'd probably go take the star off his tree and then put his star on my tree also. Sam, you just broke your own rules. You said refer to it only as Grinch, and then you instantly referred to it as stealing a present. Well, no, it's only Grinching when it's present. Well, no, I guess Grinch did steal all the Christmas, huh? (gasps) Shoot. Well, yeah, I guess I'd Grinch the star. Grinch stole all the Christmas. Grinch the star off their tree and put it on mine. I'd Grinch everything in his house. (laughs) Where'd you put the second star, Sam? Uh, On top of the point point of the first one. (laughs) 
<laughs> just put a then, star on each of the points of the first star. Actually, no, underneath the point of the first one. I'd put his star underneath of my <laughs> star. Ted's the bottom. My star better. My star's my star's got lights <laughs> in it. All right, my star is a spinning LED light in it. My grandma smuggled this star throughout the Holocaust. It destroyed her. Ted looks like the type of motherfucker to just have like one of those weird ass angel tree toppers, you know? Yeah, like a big old femboy angel topper. <laughs> femboy angels. Is femboy insulting, or is it just like a funny playful term? I think it's just a playful term. We'll look into it. I'll issue an official apology <laughs> we'll if it look turns into out that it. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Attention all femboys, we'd like to apologize for our previous statements. Don't worry, guys. Adam's... I'm going to do some femboy research Yeah, don't here. worry. Adam's going to look into some femboys. He'll figure it out. Once Adam has a folder full of femboy information and pictures, he'll be able to get back to you on this one. I'll refer to videos. Speaking of femboys, I really like that Arnold, in order to open up his own, open up Ted's house, he puts in his credit card to microtransaction his way into the house. Having trouble picking this lock? Pay a one-time fee of 99 cents to unlock the ultra lock picks. So Howard Fortnite dances into Ted's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful image you've created, Adam. And he, he comes up across the only possible uh, suspect for the Turbo Man in question. All the presents are wrapped up. He sees one, and he just grab Ted just happened to wrap up one particular present in Turbo Man wrapping paper. He bought a whole roll of Turbo Man wrapping paper. And just just to wrap up the Turbo and Man. And just in case you weren't sure, he shakes it and it says, It's Turbo Time! Yeah, it's a good thing he didn't pick Booster. It's hilarious. It'd be hilarious if he grabbed Booster and he said, It's Booster Time. <laughs> and then everybody's like, We don't like you, Booster, this pink tiger character. You already got the shot. We don't want to go get a second one. I already got my two doses. I ain't going for the Booster. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Doctor Fauci put put uh, put estrogen in the booster shot. He wants to and make then us he turned the tiger pink. He wanted to turn us all into boosters. <laughs> While he's he's gonna dress up like Turbo Man, that way he's gonna be the only cool one. That's his evil plan. Well, in a world full of boosters, Doctor Fauci is Turbo Man. Adam really doesn't support Doctor Fauci. In case you didn't know, guys, it's true. So Howard tries to make a hasty escape with this Turbo Man doll. Where you really cool. root for him, don't you? Yeah, you really want him to steal from this child. Yeah. Sam? Well, he does kind of slightly catch Ted's house on fire just a little bit. But that's only because he was trying to do the right thing. Yeah, that's only because he was trying to do the right thing and return the Turbo Man. He was moments away from that epic victory royale before he spots Ted's reindeer in the backyard. He, he chickens out. Well, he chickens out, then he spots the reindeer. And, uh, yeah... The reindeer's still not happy to see him. I gotta say, I only no, 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 no. I made the I only made the thumbnails, and I never saw the context for the scene. I skipped directly to the thumbnail part. Uh, I'm very glad I got to see it in context. What what a great sequence we have here! It's beautiful. Continuing the domestic terrorism arc, Howard accidentally left the reindeer into Ted's house, and the two of them start destroying everything as they're trying to Tom and Jerry run away from each other. Howard throws a one of the wise men's he heads into the fire uh, bursts in the flames. So he naturally just kicks it out the window <laughs> at, a, at a group of Christmas carolers who, I mean, they're trespassing. This is a stand your ground state. So completely justified before we get quite to that part. There's a really interesting thing that I'd like to talk about. Yes. What would that be? 
uh, right as the Christmas killers are approaching, Ted with Liz uh, drags her out to see the carolers. And they're, they're doing a little sway to the beat. Ted wraps his arm around Liz, who immediately shrugs off his arm. And I thought this was such a huge missed opportunity to add a little bit more tension if we, the audience, were unsure if Liz was in danger of, like, leaving her husband for Ted. I think it would have been so much, uh, there would have been so much more well, tension in the way that they handled this. Well, hang on. Well, because then, uh, after the, the flaming head gets kicked out the window, this does finally alert, uh... Ted and Liz, and Ted picks up picks up the head, mumbles Balthazar, and <laughs> sees Howard in his house, which is on fire. So they go confront him, and uh, yeah, that goes about as well as you'd expect, right, Drew? Yeah. What What was the name of the movie where Arnold was like the Antichrist or something? End of Days. Jingle all the way. End of Days. Yeah, it's a song. <laughs> Jingle. All the way. <laughs> uh, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this one. Oh, maybe I should call Dr. Sienski, see if he can help me. We're going to clone you three times, Arnold. Each clone will have one clone to get the Turbo Man, one clone to spend time with your son, and one clone to fuck your wife. So with his three new clones, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, he, builds, he decides he's going to build the guest house, and he wakes up one morning to This Is How We Do It playing, and he realizes that in the middle of the night, two of his clones are... Having a party with some hookers? Drew, did you just have a stroke? Yeah, that confused me. That, nope. that straight up confused me at first. My eyes crossed and steam started coming out of my ears. Forgive me, Sam. You know, it's just that this is the most wonderful time of the year, and so it made me go back to the most wonderful moment of my life when I was watching Multiplicity. Thank you. I'm glad you can finally see it my way. Wait a minute. You're not Drew. You're Sam's clone. It was me, Sam again. No. Anything but that. You're going to Dr. Clone Jail. <laughs> Dr. Anti-Sciencey, who gets rid of the clones. We need to call Buck Lafarge Clone Exterminator Extraordinaire. <laughs> this is a good callback episode. This is. This this is like the abridged episode. You watch this episode, you've watched every other season. Mm-hmm. And then Roger's there. He says something about blue boys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the ultimate hierarchy. Arnold comes home, sees that Ted's fucking his wife. <laughs> And so he leaves, and then a month later, Ted comes home and sees Roger's fucking his wife, and so he has to leave. Okay. And then Roger comes home and sees that uh, Doug's second clone is fucking his wife. <laughs> and then Doug's second clone comes home and sees Dunstan's fucking his wife. <laughs> that is the order, and I'm sticking to it. Maslow's hierarchy of cuckolding. <laughs> There are very simple rules to making cucking work, and by God, we just followed them to a T. And so then the reason I, I, I had Adam hold off earlier is because uh, in this scene, yeah, this is where maybe it does begin. As as Liz, Liz turns to the tent and says, uh, you want to give us a ride to the parade? She's not even inviting Howard anymore. I, I love when she comes in. First of all, Howard is standing in this burning house, still holding... Johnny's Turbo yes. Man, and and so that's the first thing Liz decides to comment on. She's like, "Well, I thought that you got Jamie his Turbo Man months ago." I mean, stealing from a child Liz. kind of might be one of the more absurd things happening there when you think about it. The house is on fire, Seymour. <laughs> well, it's not really that on fire anymore. He already stomped it out. It's just it's the Northern Lights. That bad of a house fire. 
Oh my gosh, just imagining your significant other finding them in a in <laughs> in the scene like that and trying to imagine a rational way to parse that out. Like I'm gonna be if if that happened if I was in Liz's shoes, the first thing I would have said was, "Hey, why are you in the neighbor's house setting it on fire? Why did you kill Balthazar?" I feel like she'll probably call back. She'll she'll call back in a couple hours and and then and then ask about the house fire. Like, and also, <laughs> now that I think <laughs> about it, <laughs> the shock of uh, finding out you didn't buy your son the Turbo Man doll is set in. You set Ted's now house. Now I will on ask fire. why you. Were... I also like how they leave him there in Ted's house. <laughs> like they walk out the front, like Ted walks out the front door with Liz and he's just, Howard's still standing in Ted's living room holding the Turbo Man. And Ted, the nerve of Ted to just leave his house in this state of disarray on Christmas Eve and still go to this parade to try and get some puss. I would cancel all my, my parade going plans if my house was nearly destroyed and there was a hole in my window on Christmas Eve. The back door was broken. See, this is why you're no Ted. This is the this is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> mm-hmm. su- That's some grieving puss. He was probably thinking about how long it was going to take to clean up the mess and, and get his house off fire. But the second Liz said, you want to drive me to the parade, Ted? He was like, I've got more important things to do. <laughs> Ted can drive you to the parade and then drive you to an orgasm. <laughs> Excuse me, Howard. I'm going to the land of milk and honey. <laughs> Your wife's going to the land of milk and cummy. <laughs> Better Ted than dead, as I always say. <laughs> Do you think Ted had Austrian-American insurance? I don't believe he did. Do you think he had future governor of California insurance? I really hope he had reindeer insurance, because... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, in, in Minnesota, it's an actual requirement. Before you can purchase a reindeer, you must have the appropriate insurance papers That's fair, yeah. in order. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, as as say, most know... I, I want to pick both of you guys' brains. Do you think there was any way that Howard could have managed to either slink away or... Or talk his way out of this? Yes. Well, by the point that he kicks the uh, the Wiseman through the window, he had about five seconds to run. No, no, he's got to say that he saw the house was on fire and he went in to put it out. And then you you can play the... No one would have bought that, though. He, 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 they, gotta, yeah. He's got to throw something... Kick the Wiseman He's got to throw something ridiculous in there to make it make sense. So say, like, the Wiseman was on fire or something like that. Just... Because if he's already going to lie about it, you might as well just go all out. Just, just make a real whopper. And, and, and he's, still, he's clearly an idiot, so he's got to kind of play to that angle. So maybe just say, like, I grabbed the Turbo Man to put the fire out and then start smacking the fire with the box. <laughs> and then he can destroy oh. the Turbo Man with immunity. It's perfect. He destroy he he, <laughs> he See, smashes would... the the box onto the ground until the fire is out and there's nothing but shards of plastic and then he looks Ted dead in the eyes and says you're welcome honey let's go to the parade. <laughs> <laughs> oh Howard, you're so heroic. I, I was thinking, you know, if he just like left the reindeer rampaging and snuck outside, then it just looked like Ted's dumb idea went back and bought, bit him in the ass. But by this point, they didn't know the reindeer was in because the reindeer was still locked in, like, the guest room or the dining room or whatever because it was separated by another door at this point. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying he he doesn't even kick the wise man's head out the window. He just, like, turns a corner and then outruns the reindeer and just, like, skedaddles back to his house the back way. 
No, but the, the the reindeer couldn't have gotten in there because it was locked in the room between the backyard and the oh. living room. Is what I'm, I'm just pe- picturing That's Ted walking in the living room in that scenario where Howard sneaks out and just, the reindeer ate my turbo man. <laughs> <laughs> He's going through the field guide and says reindeer favorite food, turbo man action figures. Only, only the variety that says five key phrases, including it's turbo time. If you that get the one the with the seven phrases. Pack. Seven phrases? I said, no, I was saying, if you got the one with the seven phrases, you're good to go. But if it's the five phrase one, that that reindeer is going to be like a, a bead of honey. They love the cheap plastic and the lead in the paint. Reindeers love lead. It's, it's like the bear from Annihilation, where once he eats a turbo man, he starts being able to speak with the voice box. <laughs> Just a little closer, Jamie! (laughs) Into the woods, Jamie! You can always count on me! I'm so hungry! Liz has to break it to Jamie that Dad won't be coming to the parade, but even worse, she has to break it to him that he's not getting a Turbo Man. And Jamie starts foaming at the gash and turns into a (laughs) whirling dervish like the Tasmanian Devil. Uh, What's Ted's son's name again? Johnny. But Johnny wraps his arm around uh, around Jamie as if he's like a first date and he's trying to get some action in a movie theater. And he's like, don't worry, Turbo Man will be at the parade at least, even though you're not getting a Turbo Man for Christmas and also your dad's a raving lunatic. And also my dad's your dad now. <laughs> <laughs> we can share dads. It's okay. My dad's everybody's dad. Everyone calls him daddy. <laughs> I got Howard some divorce papers months ago. It's nestled safely in his apartment mailbox. <laughs> Howard, Howard lives in the tree house he built in the backyard. Speaking of, Howard is making... Howard, as he's standing at the ruins of Ted's house, the reindeer starts chasing him again. And this time he does an expert Dark Souls parry <laughs> at the exact moment to sock the reindeer right in the jaw and knock it unconscious. So if you're wondering about our thumbnail pattern... Here it is. What's the line there? Because there's another great line. You picked a wrong day. Oh, after he punches it. I really love his line with that... Another good one, but I do love the line after he punches the reindeer. Oh, he says, like, you started it or something. That, something yeah, like that. that's it. Cause he says, you started snarky. it. <laughs> it's, it's one of the classic Arnold one-liners. It's all in the way. It's all in the, the weird, smarmy way he says it. Yeah. More hierarchy. We got Arnold Schwarzenegger lines. We got, I'll be back. We got, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Get to the chopper. And, and then you, you started, started it. it. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> Follow, and then you started it's followed by I'm telling mom and put that cookie down <laughs> so as as uh, Arnold and the reindeer are reconciling over a six pack uh, Arnold's looking at some of the crayon drawings that Jamie drew and I see what looks like a Rem Lazar drawing in the corner of the frame hmm perhaps it's just a blue superhero but we can't rule out that it is Rem Lazar you can never rule out Rem Lazar Arnold realizes that his family is more important than a toy, which was something that I thought he kind of knew this whole time, but he just <laughs> wanted a toy to to make his son particularly happy. If he knew that, we'd have no movie. Yeah. So we instantly transition to the Wintertainment Parade, where I get a little bit of a PTSD flashback when I see a crowd of people dressed as Santa Clauses. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. 
that was their community service. <laughs> the cops <laughs> captured them all and made them all play trombones. Yeah, you can tell these are different <laughs> Santa Clauses because they have latex. They've got like weird rubber Santa suits. Did anyone else know that? Notice that? Yeah, I did yeah, not. Like, I assume they were like weatherproofing type deals. They looked almost like plastic. It was it was interesting. But yeah, these aren't fighting Santas. These are these are music Santas. This is where our fifteen minutes conclude, though. Well, we do see one shot of a menorah before <laughs> before the yeah. the fifteen minutes closes. It's good they're being inclusive with the holiday, the wintertainment parade. I can't wait till the next block starts off with something to celebrate Kwanzaa. Or did they forget about Kwanzaa? We'll find out. <laughs> Everybody, place your bets now. Did they forget about Kwanzaa? No. I bet they did. Kwanzaa's the most important day in history. So we end seeing a menorah, and I also get a PTSD flashback of Eight Crazy Nights. It's a technical foul! <laughs> you know, for our annual crime our crime countdown, a lot of crime real fast in this one. Yeah, this is probably the, the meatiest crime bit. Destruction of pro- public property, ripping that phone off the wall. You've got uh, breaking and entering to the radio station. You've got terrorism (laughs) with the bomb (laughs) threats to police. Then you have actually blowing up police, even if only for uh, lunacy and and, uh, comedic effect. Fleeing from the police. Fleeing from police. Fleeing from police, yeah. You've got breaking and entering, stealing a turbo man. (laughs) A tried and true classic, breaking and entering. Arson. Arson. Uh, reindeer intoxication. <laughs> he gets the reindeer drunk, everybody. He gets the reindeer drunk. We we might not have mentioned it, but he does. How is the reindeer? Beer. He says, "Hey, can I buy you another round, sexy?" We've got five counts of public grinching. <laughs> but Sam, how how do you think this movie's gonna end now that we're wrapping up into the last two fifteen minute chunks? I think what's gonna happen is so we're starting on the parade, and yeah, uh, correct. I think we're going to have a sort of Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of moment where as the Turbo Man float comes by, after much pomp and circumstance, Turbo Man himself jumps out, and it's Howard. He's wearing the Turbo Man costume. That's right, he beat the snot out of Turbo Man and stole his costume. He's on the float. He's he's singing uh, the, he's singing Twist and Shout. He's on the float. Everybody's dancing. Everyone's so happy. Ted shakes his fists and goes, damn it. It's a beautiful Not again. Happy How does that help him reconcile with his wife? I, I don't know that he does. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of those rare. To go un- I think this is one of those rare unhappy endings where they're just going to leave that plot. <laughs> Maybe that's the second movie. Maybe that's the sequel where he fixes his marriage. I'm sorry, Sam, but the sequel is a completely different story starring Larry the Cable Guy. Jingle all the way to alimony. Jingle all the way, Ted Bed Redemption. Ooh. Here's your alimony check, Ted. <laughs> Thanks, Howie. All right, I think that about wraps it up, everybody. All right. Thank you very much for listening in on our wonderful podcast, a true top ten of all podcasts ever. Thanks for popping your head on in, sneaking on in here, and taking a listen. And whoever has been sneaking down my chimney these last few nights, stealing all my vintage Funko Pops in the box, just bring them back. And I won't get the police involved, okay? Someone broke into your chimney and stole your stuff? Yeah, yeah. Dude, someone broke into my apartment and stole my Bill Cosby comedy records. Oh, man. Sam, you better block up your chimney. Well, I'm definitely going to now after 
funnily enough, someone broke down my chimney last night as well. What? They, they stole all my light bulbs. It <laughs> it was it was it was really weird when I walked up. I, I thought the I thought the power was out and I turned the TV on and the TV worked. I, I went over, yeah, they just took all the light bulbs. They took each individual light bulb strand from your Christmas tree lights. It, that was the craziest part. They took each individual bulb. <laughs> One by it must have been so much effort. I'm surprised I didn't hear him out there. You had a fat pile of cocaine on the coffee table. They left that. I don't know why. <laughs> well, anyway, I sold that and I was able to buy all the lights back times ten. I never have to buy a light bulb again as long as I live. So I'm gonna set up like a like a camera on my fireplace. I'll let you guys know next week if it picks up anything. I'm gonna set a glue trap under my fireplace. <laughs> Less uh, humane, but still works. I put a oh, big Lord. cartoon mouse trap <laughs> with cookies and milk on the str- on the. <laughs> All right, everybody. I've been Drew. I've been Sam. I've been Adam. Thank you very much. <laughs>